Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This episode of the Adventure Jogger Podcast brought to you by Ben Wildebauer, Michael Baker, John Goldfield, Jessica Sumau, all of our Patreon supporters, and of course you, yes you the listener. The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. Wally, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Uh, Quite a record. At Tunnel Hill, you set... The 80-year-old 100-mile record at Tunnel Hill, the world record, 26 hours, 22 minutes. Congratulations on that, Wally. Well, thank you very much. It was quite, a, quite an exciting achievement and, and quite a fast time. Did, did you, were you surprised by the, the speed on the legs at Tunnel Hill? Well, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't tell you that it was easy because it wasn't. But on the other hand... I, I don't think I was surprised. I, I felt that I could do it. I did it two years ago and at 78. Yeah. And so I really was confident, but then again, you, you never know. So I wasn't, I wasn't positive that, uh, that two years later, something might not have, it might have changed, you know? Right, right. Exactly. But you look at that time and Wally, you were by no stretch of the imagination even close to being at the back of the pack. Is there something satisfying at 80 years old to be able to do these things and to be able to do these things at a speed faster than some people that are half your age? Well, I, I was I was real happy with the thing. There's no question about it. I, I no doubt went out too fast, <laughs> but... but um, and my legs were a little sore at 18 miles, you know, and I didn't think of that. But nevertheless, I maintain, I wore a Garmin. And so I had the pace, the overall pace, right. and I maintained that pace. And, it, and my first goal was to, was to be sure that I got 100 minutes under, so I knew I had to do 17s. Yeah. And then my second goal was I thought, well, if I, if I got in the 16s, don't get discouraged. But my third one was to keep it sub-16. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's and I ended up doing that. So as long as I kept it sub sixteen, then I knew I was going to be twenty six hours something. Yeah, and yeah. So that's that's what I really concentrated on was to try to keep it at that, and I did. Why? Why did you want to set this world record for a hundred mile speed? You know, at eighty at eighty mile eighty years the eighty year old one hundred mile speed record. <laughs> Well, I knew I knew what the record was. I mean, although I I really to this day don't know what the world record is. Yeah. And of course, I don't know who keeps these records either, but <laughs> ex- except that I I do know of Nick Marshall's lists and yeah. I I really like those and I, and I've been on it for for 70 to 74 and I've been on it for 75 to 79. And so yes, I wanted to be on it for 80 plus. And so since I knew about the 2903, I felt pretty confident that I could break that, and uh, but but yeah, I, I wanted to break it significantly. You did. You shattered so, it. Yeah, you shattered it. It was it was that was great. I really really enjoyed doing that afterwards. You know, it's <laughs> it's work while you're doing it. But mm-hmm. um, 
I want to go back a bit because I think the story of you, Wally, is not the record that you set at Tunnel Hill. I think there's so much more to the story of Wally than that. You have been in the running game and the ultra marathon game for years. You've run Western States. Uh, I saw something that said that you have raced every month uh, for the last 40 years. You've had a race on your calendar at least every single month. You are a person who has been running your whole life. And at your age, when you started, it was not cool. It was not the thing to do. There was no magazines. There was no websites dedicated to it. You were on the forefront of not only the jogging boom, but also you existed in an ultra marathon world that was very different than the world we live in now. So, Wally, we have to kind of go back a couple of years. What started your running journey? When did you become a runner? Okay, I've got to I've got to tell you this because it really isn't my whole life. Yeah. But on June 8, 1981, I was 37 years old, mm-hmm. and uh, and I'm a lawyer, and and a young associate had joined our firm who was a real accomplished football player. Yeah. And so I told him his name's Tim Walker, and he's still one of my partners. I told him, Hey, Tim, look at you. You're 26. I'm 37. We need to get doing something aerobic regularly and so we started on that date and uh and i didn't and i turned 38 on in july and and so i did my first race in september mm-hmm. and uh i did my first race which was a 10k in september yeah and then i did my second race which was a marathon in october and uh and and i when i did that marathon i just Total, total, I considered myself a marathoner. Yeah. So, so, so I just, it wasn't long before I decided, well, I'm going to do one race or more per month from now on. And, and so I've done it. And so I've done that for 42 years and one month, <laughs> that, uh, one race or more per month. Now that's anywhere from as low as a 5k Mm-hmm. to as high as 100 miles but i have done one race or more so i have done 613 races by following that program wow <laughs> <laughs> so so you can see i did start a little later because i was 38 yeah. but i have done it for 42 years 42 and so i have a lot of experience and i know how to do them yeah and actually it was about 10 years until 1991 mm-hmm. before i did my first real ultra marathon i did i had done some dirt trail runs yeah but i hadn't done an ultra until 1991 what was it wally about you know you do that first race which was the 10k you're 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 got a partner at the law office you want to keep in shape that makes perfect sense so many people wally will do that first marathon and they will go all right i did it i don't need to prove anything anymore and then they move on to something else what was it about running Wally that made 613 races later and you're still doing it? Well, I, I think that I think that I thought pretty pretty early on, I thought, well, I, I'm, I'm kind of a natural at this. I, I'm, I'm good at it. I thought I was a good downhill runner for one thing. Yeah. Uh, and and so I I just thought well i i can do it and so i did that first marathon i did 317 and then i did my second marathon and i broke three and that was before i found out what breaking three really was all about right and then i needed to qualify for boston because i wanted to go around and do these things and so i needed to sub 250 and uh and i didn't get it but when but i but i did do in below three and and um so consequently, when I turned 40, just a couple of years later, then you were allowed 310 and trying to go sub 250 actually makes doing sub 310 seem easy <laughs> right. because you've, you've tried, tried to do that, you know, and then so that so that so then I did Boston. And then, of course, I did actually did 56 marathons and uh, and then then but your time starts to slow on the 
on the marathons a little bit. Yeah. So yeah. I figured, well, I want to I want to move to dirt. And so I heard about some things and I and I, I did move to dirt running. And then I just then I qualified for Western States and I just went from there. Western States is like something that you do. I my first one was was 27, 27 11, I think it was. Yeah. And then, of course, everyone wants the silver buckle. So I trained like a dog and and got second time I got the silver buckle and then and then I really liked that. But then I always thought I always thought, well, because one year I fell in Western States Mm -hmm. and I thought, you know, don't get ahead of yourself, but you can do but you can do better than 24. So I did. And when when I was uh, 58, I did better. I, I set my PR at Western States, which was 22 hours and some minutes and and uh at 54 that, I really enjoyed doing that at 54 that's a solid time at 54 at western states yeah, well, I, I was 58 actually okay 58 years old 58 58 and, and you that got was your, a solid time yes set your pr at 58 at western states like that is unheard of so many people are like i'll do my pr in my 30s and then i'll just coast the rest of the way yeah maybe that's because i started a little later and and uh and actually, my PR in the hundred I set in Vermont, but but um, yeah, yeah, I was I was always looking to improve my time somewhere or get it down a little lower, that type of thing. How did you even hear though about ultra running? You said you ran your first ultra in nineteen ninety one. Nineteen ninety one. Not only is running an obscure sport that most people go like the crazy neighbor down the streets, the one that does the five Ks. It's not a regular thing that everybody does. But you even found a more niche sport within the niche. You found the ultra world in nineteen ninety one. How in the heck did you discover this crazy? strange little world when there was nothing to point you in that direction well it's it's so true and even dirt running kind of surprises you because i did a lot of running yeah on roads that were right by a dirt trail that i didn't know about the dirt trail yeah and uh so when i started training for ultras then i thought well man what was i doing running on the road i could have been running on this beautiful trail you know right um my first ultra was a thing called Ohlone, uh 50K. Yeah. And it was in a, in a town near me here where I live. Out in California. It's in California. And so at that, at, at that run, when I, when I finished with that run, which I was a real uh, neophyte, I will tell you, because when I finished and, and I was sitting in a spa at my house with my wife and I told her, Never again will I do one of those. <laughs> and uh, because I did, I did, I went out way too fast. And then I met everyone in the field as a lot of people passed me. And uh, and I didn't have to have water. And it, it just was, a, it was a tough thing. So, and, and then you, then I heard about another 50 mile run yeah. called American River 50. Yeah. That's a pretty famous run. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, I heard about that on a flight. Someone told me about it. I talked to him the whole time on the flight about it. Wow. And then, so I wanted to do that. And then when you do American River 50 and you discover that that would qualify you to enter a 100, that's kind of what led me to to apply for and get into states. And so then I had done 100. Right. What year did you run Western States for the first time? Uh, 1995. 95. Like, think about 1995. Western States is a completely different race at that point. It is not something that, you know, people will try to get into and may never get into. That was the the two-time loser rule was still going on, that if you applied and didn't get in, you applied the next year and didn't get in, you're automatically into the race. And, And there was no hoopla over it. There was, I mean, it was hoopla on a very small scale but what was the atmosphere like that first year well, in 95 that, when you ran western states 95 was a very unusual year because it was a it, it had 22 miles of snow to start yeah, with yeah and then it turned out to be the, the 100 year heat wave and so um and, and i i discovered that i took it real careful in the snow 
Mm-hmm. I am a snow skier, and I I got a big kick out of running in the snow. Yeah, uh, and it was and it was more runnable than some years in the snow, I would say. And so I came out of the snow maybe in two hundredth place or something, and then I'm a pretty good, uh, you know, I'm after t- being cautious like that, that I that I was pretty good in the canyons, too good probably. Yeah, because I arrived at Forest Hill a, a little beat up. Yeah, but. Uh, um, but you know, then you know how ultra runners help you out. I mean, a couple of ultra runners told me, well, you could walk it in and you're still going to make it. So right. I didn't walk it in, but, but, uh, that gave me confidence and I just kept going and, uh, and then, yeah, it's a, even though it wasn't as much hoopla, maybe yeah. I considered it a lot of hoopla to tell you the truth. Yeah. The people that I had met there going to the camp and, and, and different things. I just thought, well, this is a, this is a great group, even though at times I wondered if I if I was qualified to do this. I mean, I can remember one guy that was running in like cut off jeans and a, and a white shirt type deal. And he was carrying a pack in his hand, a canvas pack. And I thought, well, I don't know if I'm one of these guys or not. You know? but, but I was pretty good on uh, if, if, if it was if it was dry and, and down, I, I could haul pretty good. So. What was the runner like? I mean, because, you know, you were a road runner that would transitioning into running ultras. You ran your, your first 50K. You ran your first 50 miler. You had some marathon experience. But 1995, you talked about the guy in the cutoff jeans and the, and the T-shirt yes. carrying his pack. But what was the runner of Western States in 1995 like? Well, for one thing, they were they were good runners. I mean, and not only were they good runners, they were great runners that were that were older than me, yeah. or or in the fifty in their fifties at least. So so that gave me the thought of well, I'd sure like to I'd sure like to do something in the age bracket or whatever. Um, I didn't reach that goal actually <laughs> until two thousand two. And then I finished third in the age bracket, and, and that, of course, I was pretty impressed with that. Yeah, to be able to do that. Yeah, and uh, um, so they they were just ex- people that were experienced at um, at ultra running, like I feel like I am now. You mm-hmm. know, I, I I'm I'm experienced enough to know, especially at being old. Yeah, I now know that you can't waste time at aid stations, and you you've got to keep you've got to keep moving. It's a forward, you know, time is of the essence for, a, especially for an old guy. Yeah. Don't want to get cut off or anything. Uh, I never missed a cut for many, many years, but but I've, I've missed a couple now. And, uh, <laughs> so I, I've kept my eyes on that. By the way, whenever, I, it, sometimes when I do, because I have this race streak, sometimes if I'm doing a hundred at the end of the month, than I would do a say a 5k at the beginning of the month right and in some ways you can do that and then you can wonder afterwards which was the hardest because <laughs> a short run is hard I mean you find yourself thinking here you're going to do a big mountain hundred you know but you find yourself complaining about going over an overpass or something because that's affecting your time <laughs> or if it's not marked you might go well I hope I'm halfway done and then you sort of laugh at that because it's a it's three miles, and you're asking, you're saying you're hope you're halfway done. It's, it's so true because you know you, you you do these ultras and you're and you're low and slow, right? Like you're you're not right. burning the fire hot, so you're kind of in this state of comfort that kind of slowly leads to discomfort, right? Where you run that that short stuff. It is discomfort from the gun. If you're doing it right, you're miserable the entire time. That that's true. Whereas ultras, I would say, have more ups and downs, even flat ones. You know, there's times when you go, but I try to be, think positive. I don't want to think negatively. And so I give myself a warning if I'm thinking negatively. Right. Because I just experienced that. Like I told you at this hundred, I thought, well, man, I'm going to pick it up. But no, my, my legs hurt. Well, you don't, you don't, you'll get over that. You just have to keep going, and right. the next thing you know, something else will hurt, or, or you won't be thinking of that anymore. You move on to something else. Yeah. Have you right. thought about going back to Western States and trying to finish the course at 80? Well, 
for one thing, I don't have a qualifier because Tunnel Hill qualifies you not for next year, but for the year after. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've thought about it. I would sure like to, but on the other hand, I don't want to just take up a place if I don't have a realistic chance. Mm-hmm. So my intention is to apply, but I'd have a very careful look at it and I'd have to be really confident that I could do it. Otherwise, I wouldn't want to take up a place. Yeah, I hear you because, you know, you think about how limited that race is. And I, right. you have to respect that that idea of if I if I'm not somewhat confident I can finish this, why would I take a spot away from someone who probably could and experience That's that for true. the first time? Because there's so many people that will never experience that race that would love to experience that race. Because I mean, you look at the entries now. I mean, when you were trying to get in, it's probably 800 people or or 600 people trying to get in, and now right. it's it's what. Was, was it 10,000, 12,000 people? Something, something like that. Yeah, it's, trying to get in for 340. The long. Yeah. So it, the odds would be pretty long that I would even get in. Yeah. Um, but but we'll see what happens. Why have you stuck with ultras? You know, I mean, it, it, there's so many people, and you, you, you've seen it so much in your 30 years plus of running ultra marathons. What, what makes you stick around? What makes you keep coming back? to ultra marathons well i think it's um i I think it's the the people you meet Mm -hmm. are are great the experience now i've done an ultra marathon in 45 states i only have five to go yeah you meet them everywhere that every time i go to a to an ultra i'm always nervous (laughs) really Not even after all these years I, oh yeah even going to a little rate I'm, I'm i'm always nervous in fact i always wonder about 10 at, at the 10 minute mark or whatever just a few minutes then you go well good calm down you know you don't have to be nervous about this just 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 keep going here wally that is so refreshing and slightly crazy to hear you say you get nervous here you are 613 races into your running career and to hear that you still get nervous at the starting line i love that i do every time i feel like you know that i want to i want to do it and i don't want to uh obviously i i don't want to trip i got you got to watch that nowadays yeah when you're 80 i don't want to trip and ruin the race right uh but at the same time i don't i'd kind of like to not be last too but I have been last a couple times now. Mm-hmm. That's okay as long as you get it done, you know. But right. But I, I I like not being last. It's 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 just it's so I to think that you're nervous and to think about those things going through your head and as someone who you'd think has done as many times as you have that you would have mastered the art of like it would be nothing like right like you show up the tunnel hill and you're like ah, i've done this 612 other times i don't need to be nervous about this but to think of you pacing back and forth and having those doubts and having those moments how do you and you may be the expert on this you may be the certifiable expert on this how do you calm those nerves wally at the start line well, I don't. I don't think it. I don't think it makes a whole lot of difference that you're nervous in the sense that I'm gonna. I, I would pretty much every time go out too fast. Yeah. But but also I I always say that there are there are rules about running ultras or any race that that you we're gonna learn in our next life or something because yeah. you do you make mistakes and uh, sometimes it's going too fast sometimes it's not stopping at a. Um, in an in a outhouse or whatever worried about doing things that that are going to speed it up but on the other hand end up slowing it down mm-hmm. um at times so so i you know it's just an urge to to do the best you can that's that's all i'm trying to do is i just try to do the best i can yeah what have you learned in life? Because, you know, you've been running ultras for the or just running period for the bulk of your life. More than half of your life has been a life as a runner. What are things that running has taught you that have paid off in the rest of your life? Well, I, I think I think obviously I'm a bit obsessed and compulsive to to even do this streak type deal. Mm-hmm. And yet the streak sort of owns me. And so I feel committed to go do it once a month. Yeah. Um, it, I think it teaches you a lot of things about life. I really do. It, uh, it, it, it obviously, since I have a rather stressful 
job. I don't mind getting away from from it. I, I'd rather worry about whether or not I'm going to trip or whether or not I'm going to do be successful at, on a trail than some of the stresses that you have when you practice law. Yeah. Um, so I, I've just found it to be a, a I think it's just an, an experience that, that shows that if you have determination and and uh, the willpower to keep going and perseverance and that that those are the things that you need in life and it translates to me mm-hmm. you could give up though i mean you are 80 years old you could just say i'm done lawyering and i'm done running what yeah, keeps I, you going I, back i understand that i understand that and i'm definitely not going to make any announcements about that but one of these days <laughs> but i'm not going to be done running uh, that's not my plan yeah uh, my plan is to keep running. I, 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 I enjoy it. And as long as I can do it, I want to do it. But what, I don't want to do it if it becomes dangerous or something. Right. But, right. But I want to do it as long as I can, can do it with as well as I'm doing or, or well enough to stay within the time limits. I'd like to do it. Absolutely. And I, and I think you keep going, keep showing everybody what's possible because so many people with this saw what you did and they were like, oh, my God, he, he took two hours. I mean, he ran a 26 hour, you know, 100 miler at 80 years old and, and they're inspired by that. But what, what I'm curious about is so many people your age, Wally, may have been a runner at some point and at some point they gave it up or were a lawyer at some point and, and gave it up and you know people retire at 67 70 years old there's something though that keeps you not only showing up to the law office every day but also lacing up your shoes every day yeah well let, let me tell you let me just give you one example mm-hmm. i won't name this fella but there was a fella in the race that told me something that really I really appreciated. Yeah. He told me that I had influenced him, that he, he heard about my story and this it really changed his life. And then I asked him some questions of what, what do you mean? Well, he started running at 55. Now he's 62 yeah. or thereabouts. Yeah. He said that he, I asked him, well, you look pretty fit. How, how much did you weigh when you started running? He told me he weighed 240 pounds and now he weighs 160 he told me that he was taking a number of meds and now he's totally off his meds. And I thanked him so much for telling me that. And that made me feel good because that's what I like to I, I just thought, well, I, I really, I really affected someone here and, and extended his life, so to speak, because he took up this healthy habit. You know, I, I don't know too much about this person other than that's what he told me. Yeah. Uh, I did tell him we have to cool our jets because I don't know about him, but I, I, I said, I don't know about you, but for me, I'm not planning on doing a 20 hour hundred because <laughs> so we, we were moving pretty quick at that point. But, but uh, at, at any rate, that, that was that, yeah, that I like that type of thing to talk to someone and, and, uh, and then, you know, maybe influence them a little bit because I am an old guy that, um, that can still do this. Yeah, you can. Obviously, by by the record you set, Wally, um, such an incredible story and such an incredible journey and to keep moving forward and to keep doing it. Um, over your years of experience, let's just say someone's listening to this, Wally, and maybe they've signed up for their first 50K. Maybe you know they're moving up to 50 miles, whatever. They're getting ready to do their first. What are th- what are some things if you had to give three important lessons that you have learned about ultra running over your years that you'd give as pieces of advice to a new to new ultra runner what would those three pieces of advice be Well okay I, let me think of those for a minute because the first thing I would tell someone that wants to be an ultra runner is mm-hmm. that they should keep they should keep records keep careful records I, I have real good records of everything I've done Really and those records they, they sort of inspire you so that when, when I say that I've run one race or more per month for 42 years and it, and, and it's written up somewhere because I did see this, that, that I've run 
one race or more almost every month for 42. Well, it's not almost every month. It is every month. I've done it every single month and I have the records. And if you keep records like that, that'll help encourage you to, to not to keep going. Yeah. Um, now that's not to say that everyone should go out and, and try to do that many races or, or run every month even. But I do think the people I see that, that are starting running, I think it's going to have a substantial effect on their life and it, it will change them. And, and you, so you run into people all the time that are, that are just starting or this is their first one or whatever. And I think I personally think it's a very good development for them because now they're going to get exercise in a regular way that perhaps they haven't gotten before. Uh, and, and it's, it's just a great thing to do in my opinion for your for your own uh, uh, health and and, uh, and and fitness. Oh, I, yeah, absolutely. And I think the the journal thing, Wally, is fantastic. Keeping records of what you do. Because so I the think, number one thing that I say, yeah. yeah, is keeping records. Number two, obviously, you have to get prepared. Mm-hmm. So that if I hear someone that says they're they're doing, uh, and I'm I'm careful in commenting on this because some people will do ultras and they're training at 30 miles a week or or maybe even a little less right well the only what they're doing with if they do it that way is they're making it a little harder on themselves same way with marathoning if if you if you do a marathon and you do it on very low mileage you're just going to make the the run is going to be harder for you than it would be if you if you put in the work yeah so i'm a strong believer in running uh, six days a week i always take one day off so I'm not a seven day a week per, uh, runner, but yeah. I am a six day a week runner and I have records so that I try to do when I'm training for a marathon or an ultra, I like to do 60 mile weeks. I think 60 miles is enough. Uh, always have thought that even though I've, I've done more than that at times years ago, but now I would be careful not to exceed that by too much. Right. Um, I think that's enough. You can do that without getting injured. And uh, so getting prepared and, and training is important if you're going to be satisfied with, with what you're doing. And uh, plus, it's it's just it's, it is fun being outdoors. And with trail running, you're outdoors, you're seeing all this nature and and uh, it's, it's a one. It's a wonderful experience. It really is. Absolutely. And getting through the getting through the downs, you you know, you always got to get through the. You're going to have some down times when you don't feel like you're, like you're going to even make it, or the, or like you're, you know, like you, it's too hard or whatever. But if you can just keep moving forward during those times, it'll get. It's going to get better, um, and you'll get through that. Very good across the board. I love that journal thing. And I was going to tell you that I think sometimes we forget the things that we've done, right? Or if they're not in front of us, having it written down in, on, on paper, right? Like looking at your streak, I'm sure inspires you to continue the streak. Looking at well, your PR and records inspires you to keep going out the next day. Right. Because some of because it's the hardest thing about it, they you know, it can be said is getting out the front door, mm-hmm. and yet you you need to do it. You need to get out there and put it in. And usually, if you do, if you just do that, if you if you go out and you and you and you think about it, fifteen twenty minutes later, it's it's feeling fine. Your your reluctance or your willingness to put it off for a couple of days or another day or whatever, because there's always that feeling that you have. It, you, you realize once you start doing it well i'm glad i didn't put this off because because i can I, i'm i'm enjoying this it's, it's it's fine although i i do have another saying i like i like and that is that that if, if someone asks says to me to have fun out there i never say this but i always think it that the fun's for afterwards <laughs> if the, you know th- this is this is work and but i you know and traveling around like i have and doing these things i've been taking my wife with me we've always enjoyed our times after the run so we get to go out to dinner we get to uh look around at sites and do things that that i wouldn't do right right before the race mm-hmm. but i'd certainly do them af- afterwards so this time for Tunnel Hill in Southern Illinois, we flew to Nashville 
we went in and out of Nashville. Well, it's very fun in Nashville. And, and uh, so after the run, we, yeah, we had a great time in Nashville. Were you honky tonking? Were you out honky tonking after? Yeah, well, I was out honky tonking. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing you're doing the boot scooting boogie after a hundred miler. Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't say I was doing the boot scooting boogie, but I but I was listening to some stuff that I very, very impressed by it. Uh, I really was was impressed with the with the places that we went, especially a couple of them. They were the talent in Nashville is just unbelievable. And so we saw bands, a couple bands that were just so good that uh, one was in Alan Jackson's place. So, yeah, yeah. you wouldn't call that a honky tonk for yeah. sure. But yeah. it, but it was a oh, the band was just great, including his bass player who who's traveled with him for 20 plus years or something like mm-hmm. that was playing in this. And then the guitar, two guitar players. This was about an eight person band. It was just so talented. It was really fun to see. I just love the fact that most people, Wally, after a hundred miler, are are like sleeping for a day and a half and hobbling around and can barely walk. And you're in Nashville on Broadway, going honky tonking. I <laughs> well, in, in a way, I in a way I did over overdo it because I we actually left from the race and then I took these friends of mine out to dinner. And uh, yeah, that was probably a little too much. <laughs> I, I, I was tired. But. I, I would say so, Wally. How can anyone your age keep up with you? And and I think that so much in society and so much in America, when people get to a point when they retire, they become very sedentary, and it's a lot of TV watching. It's a lot of and and that really leads to mental decline it leads to physical decline you are 80 years old and you are probably in better shape than most people that are 55 60 years old even younger than that i mean running has has given you this gift of extended youth in a way hasn't it i i think so i think it has and of course i do know some other 80 year olds around the country that are doing doing good too yeah and I'm very pleased to see it. It uh, and they're good. They're good friends of mine. But I do enjoy the competition, and I do enjoy t- t- trying to beat them. And I do. Uh, and hats off to them if they beat me. You know, that's the way I, I feel. They, so I set a pretty good record this time. And 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 it, uh, hats off to someone else who 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 beats it. And someone will. You know, there'll be someone that'll beat it. That's okay. Yeah. But you know what? You got it now, and I have a feeling, Wally, that your friends are like, "Oh crap, Wally's gonna go." Out. Oh, here goes Wally again. He's gonna go honky tonking. We're gonna be out all night. Like how? Like your wife? How does your wife and friends keep up with all of this energy, Wally? Well, for one thing, we weren't out all night. I, I have to clarify <laughs> that. <laughs> we, we we pretty much are, are back in, into the hotel at nine o'clock or something. You know, so we're not <laughs> staying up all night by any means. But but um, my my wife seems to keep up with me fine. But that's great. She probably has to. She's like, listen, if I got to keep up with Wally, you know, she probably does her own thing. And what an incredible life to have and share together. To not just be on the couch watching TV and be able to explore and experiencing these these uh, these journeys you're taking together it has to just be the quality of life has to be just second to none for you guys. I, I, I think it is. I think it's I think it's very fun. Now I will I have to mention that I don't ask my wife to stay up all night during a hundred. <laughs> I learned quite a while ago not not to do that. Mainly because it's it's a pretty disappointing experience to be at some aid station and have your runner come through and be gone in about 20 seconds, you know, and, there, and you took all the trouble to get there. So I, I don't, I don't and have her stay up all night, but, but, uh, but she does support me in a lot of ways and she's there during the day. And, and I don't take her to every single ultra either because the, I don't need to have a, a crew chief or whatever, right? maybe at a hundred, but not, not so much at a 50 K or whatever. Are you saying, Wally, the secret to a happy marriage is to tell your wife to go ahead and sleep through those overnight hours because you I'll see you in the morning? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I think that's important. I, I mean, I, I, I can think back on experiences 
where I, you know, for one, one, for example, I had a sprained ankle and I wanted my wife to tape it at the, because it was a two times 25 deal. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to tape it and then it's like raining or something. And when I come through, I tell her, oh, I'm fine, Lynn. <laughs> Just kept going. <laughs> and I thought later I didn't think, well, why'd you bother her to come to wait out here for this? Now you don't, you don't even stop, so to speak, you know. So, yeah, you do have to think of, give a little consideration to, to that type of thing. That comes up every once in a while. Like when you're like, you know, I don't feel like taking the trash out tonight. She goes, well, I didn't feel like sitting out in the rain waiting for you to pass me in 20 seconds and not <laughs> need me. That is so true. <laughs> That's a good example. <laughs> of all these races, Wally, and we'll, we'll stick in the ultra world, what, what have been some of your favorites? Well, Okay, let me just think about that. For Western States is a, definitely one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. I've loved doing Western States. I've also loved a hundred called Angeles Crest in Southern California. Mm -hmm. That's a great, great hundred. I've done Vermont twice. Um, I, I liked Vermont. That's where my PR is. Yeah. I did Arkansas Traveler and did a really a, a very good time at Arkansas Traveler at that time. Mm -hmm. Twenty hour run there and i considered that even better than vermont in a way because it was a, a harder race in some ways um i pretty much liked them all to tell you the truth it uh i i've been not so much during sometimes during the run you didn't like them so well you know especially if it's real technical or and you, you maybe you didn't like that but getting it done is a is a fun experience mm. and and traveling around which I really picked up the pace on during COVID yeah. because California was so closed down. So I just flew around to preserve my streak. And did, but I really, really enjoyed doing that. It's fun going yeah. to these States, doing these things. Um, so, I mean, I, I, you've heard of the big Sur marathon. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, that's a, that's a great marathon. I mean, so marathons are, are have their own greatness about them. Although they're harder on you, mm -hmm. it does kind of beat you up on go, trying to do a good time on the roads. So I do think there's a time to sw switch into ultras. But I've enjoyed marathons and just the races of all distances. And I think every distance is like its own challenge. And uh, so that's, that's fun. I, I don't know that I want to – I'm not going to be so – brazen is to switch into these 200 milers or or some of these <laughs> tremendously long distances that that's not my my expertise so to speak so i'll probably shy away from those and keep 100 as my maximum but <laughs> we now know wally's limits everyone we may have thought that wally had no limits wrong wally has limits he's not going over 100 miles so if you're 80 plus don't worry, Wally will not set that record for fastest uh, 200 miler overall. I would think that this traveling and racing, you experience different parts of the country in a really intimate, different way. Because when you travel for the sake of travel, right? Like if you're going to Arkansas, you're not going to where the Arkansas traveler is. You're not interacting with small town people you are seeing flashy arkansas you're seeing little rock you know that's what you're going to little rock arkansas that's the that's the tourist place to go in in arkansas but you're going to small towns interacting with people who are not the shiny facade of tourism you're experiencing these places in a very real way that's that's true you know do i, I think i think of mohican and old dominion and because I have done 2,900s now, and I've done these th them in various places. and But wherever you go, and you're doing an ultra marathon, you, you are going to experience the the outdoors, so to speak, you know, and, and areas that you might not even have thought of as being in that state. Mm -hmm. Was there anything in your travels that surprised you? Was there uh, an, an area a state you went to a place you went to for a race that completely blew your mind as far as like you expected it to be one way and it turned out it was completely the other way. Yes. I, I would, I would say that for example, I like music a lot mm -hmm. 
we've been to Chicago. I've done a number of races in Chicago and uh, I've enjoyed going there. But it reminds me of when I did Hennepin, which is outside of Chicago. Mm -hmm. As soon as you get outside of Chicago, it's a totally different world. It, uh, and so I, I, I got to tell you this. I, w I went to a, an Italian restaurant and I saw the size of things that they were were giving to people to eat. And so I, I asked the waitress if I on the pasta that I was going to order, should I should I have the small, medium or large or maybe the small or large? I forget which. But yeah. I asked her that question and she said, well, tell me, how hungry are you? And I said, oh, I'm, I'm pretty hungry and I am doing a hundred in two days or whatever it was, you know. Yeah. And she says, oh, then I'd recommend you have the small. I, I think you can polish it off. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, type of, that type of experience in, in a state where I've really only been to Chicago, that is so much different than the city experience. And, and that, that's, that's the kind of stuff you, you do see around. It's just it's, a, it's really fun. <laughs> i think you can finish the small portion well you have to wonder what the large portion was yeah exactly I, <laughs> the way she, her putting it that way just cracked me up <laughs> and you probably see some regional delicacies too there's probably foods that you've encountered that you don't see out in california well that's probably true that's that's true no doubt because in California, the small portion's not big enough to fill you up. That's the well. Sometimes that's true. It's pretty precious at times. <laughs> <laughs> Wally, one thing that I think is, is is true as we as we travel through life is there is there's wisdom in the years, right? You have right. at eighty years experienced more than I have, experienced more than our most of my listeners ever have and i think through experience brings wisdom and you have a, a lot of experience outside of running just for for a, for a bit in the world of just every day you've learned a lot about life in 80 years if you could go back and talk to 30 year old wally where you are right now at 80 years old what would you tell 30 year old wally about life and everything from the perspective that you have now? Well, mainly I think about that in the sense of the fact that I am somewhat compulsive. And so I can give you an example that, that um, I, went to, I went to church schools actually for a period of time. Mm -hmm. My father was a minister. Yeah. And then I went to business school and then I went to law school and so I did I did arrive not at, not at 30 but uh, but I would encourage this at 30 I, I arrived at about 50 I'd say a little short of 50 and realized that I hadn't really read very many books mm -hmm. so I took it on and and I and I read 25 pages a day that's kind of my rule yeah and so I've read like off a list more than 6,000 books. And uh, so, I, so I think that compulsion, now I've done that in other areas like music because I didn't know too much about classical music. In other words, I sort of missed the liberal arts part of the education I thought for, for a, a, a time. And so I've tried to, I made up for it by doing, by approaching that. So I do, I do think that you, that a person needs to follow some compulsive things to read and read every day, mm -hmm. to listen to music, to learn things, just like this um, partner of Warren Buffett is saying right now. I, I, I really agree with his sayings. To, to, and to apply that to investing th in things. And that, so the main thing is, is yeah, I, I would have done some of that probably earlier than I did even, but but uh, I think it I think it affects your your life to to do stuff like that. And I think your proof so right running's yeah. taught me that. And yeah, I was gonna say I think your proof that's never too late. I, I, I think, I think no, it's I think like that's true. I mean, you, you can take on things, 
with the absolute knowledge, for example, mm-hmm. I'm reading I'm reading a deal now. It's called a thousand and one books to read before you die. <laughs> and 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 I've and I've really enjoyed it. And I just totally ignore the fact because I've read about over three hundred of these things yeah. now. So I'm ignoring the fact that probably I won't get all of them done, but I'm still I'm still doing it. I'm just doing it. Trying I'm going to get quite a quite a few done. Yeah. And I would ignore the fact that you maybe yeah you won't get them all done, but that's a big number to hit. All those books. Yeah, it is a big number to hit. But you got to feel pretty good about you're pretty much halfway through the list at least. Yeah, or a third, a solid right. third. Yeah, a solid third through the list. <laughs> what is what's your favorite book of all time, Wally? Well, I would say, I ha- I know it by the way. Yeah. Because I do keep lists of things. I like lists, but I, I like Thomas Hardy's "The Mayor of Caster Bridge." Okay. That's probably the, my favorite book of all time. Really? I, okay, I'm writing that down. Thomas Hardy, you said. Thomas Hardy, "The Mayor of Caster Bridge." Okay. That's a very good. That's a very good book, and of course, I could reach for a binder behind me and. But but I won't do that. <laughs> You're not I kidding. I have a binder sitting here just in case you ask me something specific. I do have a binder of my race records, but but uh, I have I have really good race records, and I have them all on lists. So wow, okay. Well, if you got a binder there, Wally, I feel like I've got to ask you these things. All right. <laughs> okay. So you 613 races. Right. Okay. Your fastest 5K, Wally. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna turn to my to a deal that I call my PR page. Okay, <laughs> see if I can find it real quick. Okay, take your time. I can stall if needed. Okay, bear with me here. How many pages is this binder, by the way? Oh, I'll show it to you. You see it? Oh my God! <laughs> so, this, this, this has real thorough record. Yeah, it does. Okay, so here's here's my PR. So the fastest 5K I ever did, okay, eighteen thirty nine. That's now not this, bad. That's um, you know that uh, some of the, this is ancient history, by the way. <laughs> now I now I, but anyway, I, my fastest one I did in nineteen eighty five, eighteen thirty nine. But and the only time I ever broke six minutes. Yeah was in a four-mile race that I did in 1983 when I broke broke um, six-minute pace. I did 5.82 minutes per mile. Yeah. And what really caused that was that I, that I tripped and fell, and I got so much <laughs> adrenaline from doing that. that uh, and so then, yeah, I have, I have various, you know, I have every, every, every distance that I've done PRs in, I have a list of them. Okay, well, we got to go through these. What's your 10K, PR Wally? Okay, so my 10K, I'm a big believer, by the way, as when it comes to road running, that running sub 20 in a 5K is a nice accomplishment. I agree, yeah. And running sub 40 in a 10K is a nice accomplishment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my 10K PR is, let's see how, because it took me six times to get to the best one. And that was thirty-seven twenty-one. Not bad. Not so bad at it's all. Not terrible, but it. But it's. I mean, it's not one. It's not elite by any means. But well, that's what my ten kpr is. Nothing to sneeze at, Wally. I mean, that's that's. Right. that's be pretty proud well, of that. Of course, I have the first ten k I ever did. The first race I ever did. That's where it starts. Back in was was, was eighty one, right? That was nineteen eighty one. Okay. September 20, 1981. All right. When I did forty three forty four. So that was a seven-minute pace, and yeah. then I then I improved it over six races till I got to that fastest one, and and then yeah, it doesn't hurt to stop doing that either. <laughs> you know, I just told a young guy that that it, you need to get those PRs and then get off the road because a lot of people that I know that did fast marathons, twenty-five, let's say. I know people did 25 sub three hour marathons. Well, a lot of them don't run anymore. So I, I think you need to be a little cautious about beating yourself up too much on the roads. But yeah, I, you have to wonder if you had never run, gone off road and never discovered ultra marathons, if you would still be running today. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, somehow I think I would, but yeah, but on the other hand, it, it is, it is fun to take on a new, a new challenge and, and um, 
and yes, it, it pro- probably makes you a little slower when you once you go to the dirt, but mm-hmm. but um, but that's okay because it's a it's a new challenge, it's a new distance, fifty k, all the different distances yeah. there are. Yeah, it's hard to try those for sure. I'm sure you've heard a thousand times too, Wally. You shouldn't run; it's going to make your knees hurt, It'll ruin your knees. Right. I don't. I don't believe that at all. But <laughs> although I do think that it's real important to to keep mileage on your shoes or to change shoes, you know, if people are running in the wrong shoes or you are running too much in the, in the and not that I'm too careful because I do put quite a few miles on shoes. So I'm, I'm genetically blessed and have a pretty good stride in that sense. Uh, so that I can put a thousand miles on a pair of shoes. Yeah. But, but I don't, uh, yeah, to run in cheap shoes or shoes that are worn out, that's just not a good thing. And you, you can, you could hurt yourself doing that. Yeah. Being smart about and, it. Yeah. You always got to watch, you know, if your Achilles starts to hurt, you got to, you got to take care of it. You got to be careful. But, but if, if you're, I'm kind of living proof that if you, if you, if you got that, uh, a race you're going to do next month, you can, you can get through those things. Yeah. And still run the race the next month. Yeah. We power through. How, how did you like, how do you do that? Cause so many people will get an injury and then they'll, they'll call it quits. How do you power I through? Take, uh, I, well, I'd say that first of all, I go around to, I would, I would find the right doctor. I want to find a doctor who's going to let you, you know, I don't want to hear from a doctor that you can't, you got to take six weeks off or two months off or something. Right. Uh, and and not that you want to do something stupid, but on the other hand, I I I had a few things that I worked through, and one was that I fell snow skiing in in 1998, I think. And but I'd already done my race in December. I'd already done my December race. Well, my next race was January 31st. Yeah. And so I I just pulled it off by by doing it on january 31st and then the next race after that was february 28th so you can see that i've i've called it close a couple times yeah but i got it done so so and they weren't real you know they weren't real slow either it's amazing how you can if you if you're careful you go to the track i got permission to go to the track you know from a from a sports dock out here and after seeing a couple people that didn't want me to and he just said don't don't run through pain and i told him I'll, I'll walk him i won't run through pain but i wanted to go to the track and get back into the running motion so yeah. to speak yeah you know, if i can and, and I, he said go ahead do it and i did it and that that helped me get back to uh to my race that i was going to do after that skiing injury you had to go through a lot of doctors, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Some some of them just are easy, easily tell you, don't. What do you need to run for? You know. Well, they, those are people that don't understand runners, in my opinion. We we need to run. I I agree, and I would think that your doctor now, Wally, that you have, you're probably his favorite patient because he is just <laughs> you know, you you, you exercise. You're healthy. You're happy at eighty. Yeah, I'm sure that, he, I mean, there's there is a certain truth to that. They yeah, do, I, I do get along well with him. Yeah, because he loves to see you. Because he knows it's not going to be like. Think about how depressing it would be to be a doctor, Wally, and to see people progress through the later stages of life and kind of decline in quality. Right? Like they're not going out well, as much anymore. Not, not try to. Yeah, not make the attempts to eat right or get better or, or exercise. You know, that's 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 true. I don't think that this is a panacea. So I don't think that, you know, for example, I, I always tell people that like, wait, wait, because I watch my weight, of course, in a very compulsive way. And I write my weight down every day. <laughs> but I do. I do. So, so I, I, I do watch it. But but weight loss for example it doesn't necessarily happen from exercise where it happens is from calorie consumption yeah i mean you know you can run 100 miles a week and if you're going to eat ice cream every day you probably gain weight right notwithstanding doing all that so you can't just do whatever you want and and yes and i'm very grateful for uh for being able to run yeah so I think that's important to, to, to be grateful about it, you know, and, and understand that 
you never know what's going to happen. It's the truth. Once you're 80, you, you never know, you know. I would think, though, your family has an interesting relationship with running because dad, husband, grandpa, you know, aunt or uncle, all of that, they they see what you do and they're desensitized to the incredibleness of it because you've just always been a runner. Like they don't realize that the things that you do, the thing you just did at Tunnel Hill is an epic achievement. It's just whatever grandpa does, right? <laughs> yeah, and I do. I've been married to my wife for 57 years. Yeah. And we have two children and we have five grandchildren and I have three siblings. And I'd say that, yeah, I get a tremendous amount of support from my family. No question about it. They, they, they observe. So being in Tunnel Hill and knowing, for example, that Tunnel Hill is a great race Mm -hmm. and they have a great uh, live tracking um, that people, that people can watch. I'm not, not too many watch, you know, how that goes, (laughs) but a few people, few people did that's very, and, and you know that out there. So I'm trying to, I am definitely trying to, uh, to, to let them know at least that I got off to a pretty good start and let them know that I'm maintaining the pace pretty well. You know, I, I think of that because they're, they're getting an update. Every time you go across a timing pad, they, they get an update on exactly what your pace is. And, and, uh, and so, yeah, my family does pay attention to that a bit yeah think about that though your grandkids are getting text messages and they're going oh dang hang on one second oh grandpa's looking really good okay all right um hang what what are you talking about oh my grandpa's running a hundred mile ultra marathon uh currently he's uh he's 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 uh, 70 miles into this thing and they'd be like what what are you you're making this up what are you talking about (laughs) true true (laughs) now i don't know how much you know i'm not attributing that they were that much on top of it but But they were afterwards They, they they were real real supportive that's that's so cool you're you're you know you've got so many buckles and even the Western states buckles and just that that world is not foreign to them that you they've been they've oh, no, no, their whole no. life. That, that, is, that is so true. I do have a nice and, and and I've kept every single thing, too. So so I've got a I've got a guest room in the house that's in the basement, actually. And, and I have a lot of. A lot of things down there. That's going to be a pretty awesome room. I, 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 I never doubted for a second that you kept everything. Knowing that you've, you you write your weight down every day, I kind of figured that that's, you'd have every single buckle you've ever you know, received oh, or yeah. medal. Yeah, the, the buckles I have in a – I, I did 200s where you didn't get a buckle. One was Kettle Moraine. Yeah, the kettle. You get the little copper little, kettle. Yeah, a little kettle. Yep. So I have that. Yep. And then one other one at the time, I did the – Vermont for the second time and I did not break 24 and so I have a plaque for that but other than that I have I have all my buckles and yeah I do have them displayed in a nice display case except for the one that I wear all the time which that's is a western state silver buckle that that's I, yeah that's what I, was I have three silver buckles so I like to wear one that's fantastic and, and you, you now and then you run into someone um I'm trying to think I, I think I was in Minneapolis walked into a restaurant the, a waiter spotted it. That was a kick. That was a kick. He was a real great runner too, but he spotted that buckle and came and and took a picture with me. And you know that was a, uh, but that doesn't happen too often. But now and then it it happens that someone spots that buckle because I do always wear it when I'm traveling. That's great. Do you wear it in court? No, I haven't worn it in court. <laughs> <laughs> it's a G, you know, it's a Western, Western-esque deal. Well, yeah. A rodeo-esque, I guess they call it. Or, But it, um, it, I'm very proud of them, and I do have six of them. Six, three silvers and three bronzes. Yeah. And so I am proud of those buckles, yeah. I mean, I mean, you are a lawyer. You could get away with wearing a Western States buckle to court. <laughs> Lawyers are known to be a little flamboyant. That's true. That's true. But I, I've never gone that route, so I don't wear cowboy boots either, you know, like some of them do. But. <laughs> Wally, this has been so much fun. Thank you for taking some time and coming on the Adventure Jogger and sharing these oh, you're stories. You're welcome. It's a pleasure to meet you, Ryan, and to talk to you. I, I, I enjoy it.
Wow, 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 wow.